The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that did not homer off Lance McCullers tonight. Jordan, we just got under it. You know, Jake, uh, me not traveling this postseason has, you know, maybe jealous. We've seen all these great, uh, these great postseason games. I didn't know I was also missing out on a home run derby. This was, this was, I, I, home run derby, you know, one of my favorite events of the year. And to miss one, um, in front of this crowd was I'm I'm truly jealous. I'm truly jealous. What was what was it like? Because I'm seeing some tweets about how there was legitimate seismic activity in Philadelphia tonight for the Harper uh, and Bohm home runs. I think later on when the lead was bigger, it was just like yeah, of course we hit another homer. That's what we do where the Phillies were at home. But let's just start there. How loud was it? Was it rocky? I know you said it's stupid to talk about how loud the baseball game was, but did it feel different than during the during yeah. the CS? Yeah, it's it's a lazy trope. We've talked about this. Oh, the postseason baseball game was a raucous environment. <laughs> like, besides the Mets uh. this October, I hope so, right? That's how it goes. It doesn't matter if you're playing on the moon in Philadelphia, New York, or Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. Like, the fans are excited to be there 99% of the time, and they're going to act like it. That being said, this is different. <laughs> this is a different type of place. It is louder than the Bronx. It is louder than Houston. There is a level of irrationality here with this fan base. And we really saw it in NLCS game four when they got down 4-0 and the crowd didn't take the crowd out of it. You can't take this crowd out of it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the only way you take a crowd out of it is by going up 7-0. Like Mm -hmm. once the Phillies were up tonight, the crowd was like, oh, okay. They just kind of coasted the rest of the way. They (laughs) saved their pipes for the next night. But yeah, like it was, it was a lot of shit. Like what what do you want me to say? It was big loud. Yes. Um, this, you know, for most of our post game recaps this postseason, we've kind of gone blow by blow. I mean, it was it was it was five blows. We got five giant home runs from the Phillies, and that was that was the ball game. I mean, I don't think we really need to necessarily recap uh, the, the all of the beats. Were there any other non home run moments that you feel like are worth mentioning? I mean, Ranger Suarez was obviously fantastic, uh, and credit to him. And you know, Rob Thompson sticking with him for Altuve there for the third time. That was really, I would say, the only like turning point of the game and then after that it was just kind of gg from there um but yeah i mean it was it was all phillies man it was just boom 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 Mm -hmm. well it was actually boom 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 the homers in order bryce boom marsh schwarber and then reese the other four guys segura real muto stott castellanos i mean that's just embarrassing right (laughs) yeah truly Um, what are we doing now 
Bryson Stott had another uh, amazing at bat later. I think we got confirmation. You, you, you had uh, mentioned something on the last episode about Stott's uh, pitches per plate appearance, and I do believe he is actually leading the postseason in pitches per uh, per plate appearance. So it is not just that is not just a hunch. It does it does feel that way, and and that uh, combined with the fifty five minute uh, Alex Bregman versus Nick Nelson at bat at the end of the game <laughs> uh, definitely lengthened this game, uh, made our night a little bit longer. But but yeah, man, I mean it was it was all fills, man. It was all all, all fills. Uh, rank the homers. Rank the five homers. Go. Rank the five homers. Uh, Bryce is one. I would probably say Schwarber two, just because of how far it went. That Bruh. is usually the case. <laughs> I would put Bone three, Marsh four, Reese five, which is funny because, you know, we love a Reese Hoskins home run, but in this mm. case, it's not. I love the Bohm home run because Alec Bohm's problem as a hitter is that he can't get the ball in the air. Like, he's incapable of it. He hits it really harder. He has the three hardest hit balls in each of the first three games, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that's still the case. Well, after Schwarber. It, it, <laughs> the Schwarber one, oh, it topped it, but but it was. But Bohm is hitting the crap the out of the ball right now. Yeah. And his yeah. issue is he can't get it high enough for it to be a home run. And he, he said this to me the other day after I was like, hey, nice double in Houston. He was like, yeah, I wish I had hit it higher. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole thing, dude. But this time, <laughs> it didn't even matter. Like, he didn't even hit it that high. It was a I laser was say, beam. I was going to say, that. That's, that's what I was about to say, is it was still uh, yeah, 17-degree launch angle. Um, very different than the Marsh one, which was a 39 degree launch angle. It was an absolute moonshot. Um, so, so yeah, it was. So uh, here, it was a great, can we go a great, through them? Great variety of homers. Oh yeah, let's go through them beat by beat. So Bryce home run. It's just like pitch. every Bryce home run. Mm. First pitch, he hits it. We're going to talk about the tipping stuff in a second, but Bryce swings first pitch off McCullers. Horrible pitch. Two run home <laughs> run. Place goes crazy. Bryce does it again. We great. I mean, I don't want to be bored by Bryce Harper home runs in the postseason at home, but we're starting to get there. Then Bohm <laughs> hits the laser beam. Okay. Hey, hey, then can I just say, can I just say, Bryce Harper looks bored <laughs> every time he, he does look bases, bored. He looks he more does. bored. <laughs> Brandon Marsh hits a looper into the front row that he thinks is a double. Like runs back and forth, waves and flails his arms around like a weirdo rounding mm-hmm. second. His home run was great. It was like the kid on your Little League team who sucks. Not to say that Brandon Marsh sucks. Like, I again, we like Brandon Marsh. I'm not saying he sucks. But there's like the kid on your Little League team when they get a hit and everyone just goes nuts because you know that they don't get a hit all that often. That's what a Brandon Marsh home run feels like right now. Like, the bench just goes extra special crazy. And and, and the Marsh homer was, I, forgive us for skipping over this, when Castellanos catches that ball from Altuve on the first pitch of the game, you were like, Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. It's like, oh, right, the Phillies don't lose at home in the postseason. <laughs> and and then when the Marsh homer goes out, you're just like, well, yeah, this is this is how this is going to go. The Schwarber one was incredible because of how far it went. We said that. And then the Reese one is nuts because it's six. Like six homers in a postseason is really ridiculous, especially when you consider, right, I know they had the two extra games in the front end against St. Louis, but they really haven't played that many games. Like it's a yeah. lot. For, it's not like abnormally a lot in the wild card era. I guess is my point. Yeah, I agree with that. But to me, the craziest part about the Reese Homer is that he was the one guy that looked terrible first two times to the order. Absolutely, with a couple of strikeouts, he did not seem to be picking up on whatever Lance was throwing. Uh, and then, and then he did, <laughs> and he launched one, and it was cool. Um, but yes, Reese definitely running out of celebrations. He's also kind of being like, oh well, I guess I, I did this again. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely going less nuts, that's for sure. All right, let's talk about one of our favorite other podcasts, Jordan, Tipping Pitches. 
uh, yes. hosted by our old producer, Bobby Wagner. Actually, we're going to talk about the practice of tipping pitches. Now, let's just talk about what we know, what happened. Let's treat this like an episode of Serial, okay? The the podcast, not the, not the breakfast food. <laughs> Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper homers in the first inning. Upon returning to the dugout, he calls Alec Bohm over to him and whispers something in his ear. He's adamant to tell Bohm something. The inning ends. Phillies get out of the top of the second. Bohm comes up, first pitch, home run. Immediately, people are like, oh, McCullers must be tipping. McCullers must be tipping. People go on the internet and post videos of side-by-sides taken with a disposable camera in 1997 through a Motorola Razor that was, you know, uh, what's the word that you use in, in photo lab? It was developed improperly. It was just an awful, awful. Whatever. It always is. It always is. It's the same thing with the with the with the Twitter videos of of, of sticky stuff, right? It's always like the weirdest cropped angle, like phone camera of a phone camera of a TV camera of a replay in reverse. Like correct. You if you're gonna do this, you gotta splurge for Pro Premiere. Is my take. Um, anyway, people are like, oh, he's tipping, he's tipping. He keeps giving up bombs. People are like, he's tipping, he's tipping. They ask Bohm in the Ken Rosenthal asks Bohm in the dugout, what did he Bryce say to you? Bohm says that stays between us and gives like the biggest shit eating grin on his Did face, the same thing in the Which concert. stoked yeah. which stoked the flames a little bit. Of course. Of course. Post game, we also know that both McCullers and Dusty said that they he wasn't tipping. They were adamant, correct? Yep. McCullers was like, I got my ass kicked. Uh, my my execution was bad. Um, my off speed was not. I was not locating it the right ways. And Dusty was like, Yeah. And they're like, Dusty, oh, but you know, Bryce Harper told him, and he's like, Yeah, well, good hitters talk. That's hitters are telling each other things. And this is the other thing, right? It's an important maybe slight difference between he is tipping, he is telling me what we were pitching, and just like, Hey, look out for this. I just faced him. This is like that is two different things. And I think Correct. that is an important point to make. But the larger thing. I want to say here, although uh, actually you, you go first because I, I, I know that, that you feel pretty strongly about this from the standpoint of was he tipping or not. I do not believe McCullers was tipping. Here is part of why I believe this. Our evidence is, oh, this is great. The, who You didn't think that Baseball Barbercast was going to be true crime. Our evidence is, okay, that Harper hit a home run and then told Bohm a secret, and then, Bo- then that meant Bohm hit a home run too. Harper saw one pitch, okay? It was a curveball from the stretch. Bohm saw one, one pitch. A really, it was a really bad one. <laughs> it was a fastball from the windup. If you look at McCullers' movements from the windup and the stretch, they're incredibly different, mostly because when McCullers is pitching, from the windup, his hands go down over his head and then down to his chest and when he's going from the stretch they start lower and they come up to his head and so to try and compare where his hands are finishing based upon a certain pitch doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. because those two pitches that we're comparing Mm -hmm. are completely different scenarios right Right. with runners on base McCullers is trying to get to the plate as quickly as he can and Mm -hmm. so his leg lift isn't going to be as high Mm -hmm. he's not going to get on his back leg quite as much Mm -hmm. And if he's going from the windup, he has all the time in the world to do that. And so that data point for me is totally faulty. And I don't think what Harper said to Bohm has anything to do with visual 
or mechanical information that he gleaned from a single pitch mm-hmm. from uh, McCullers. Now, I might be wrong. I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. But that's my opinion on the matter. I'm, 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 I'm with you. I agree. And again, a lot of people like what I've accepted is that two things about this specific situation. One, it whether it made any sense. So you just made a very compelling case why it doesn't make any sense if you think about it for more than three seconds. The whispering, the calling over, whispering, like it's just, it just all looks so funny, right? And so when you when you see it that obviously, now listen, hitters are telling each other stuff in the dugout all the time, nonstop. That is happening in every, literally every baseball game, <laughs> like, and, yeah. and it doesn't always immediately lead to a home run. But here's here's my larger point. This is so funny to me because it's like, if you're a Phillies fan, and I know this isn't just Phillies fans talking about this and whatever, right? But even if you're watching, it's just like. Have you watched this Phillies team? They hit home runs. They hit a shit ton of homers at home. And if you're going to locate bad off-speed stuff, which they crush, they might hit five home runs off of you. Now, I know we're looking at it and we're saying, Lance McCullers is a great postseason pitcher. No one has ever allowed five home runs in a postseason game ever. Something is up. I get that that, that inclination. At the same time, it's like, hey, maybe the Phillies are just the hottest team on earth and they have a bunch of dudes that can hit home runs. Like, how about that? <laughs> like, not like everything possible. is a consp- not everything is a conspiracy, my friends. A lot right. of things also, are. Isn't it more fun to just <laughs> think like, yeah, the Phillies just kicked the shit out of him? Like, is it? Right. Does that feel better? <laughs> like, uh, and maybe know. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But Lance feels like the type of guy who'd be like, yeah, you know, I think I was tipping, and you know, yeah, whatever. Lance is another. He's he's always very honest, and he was honest after. He's like, look, and that's why I do believe him. It is weird sometimes. Pitchers are like, yeah, I was tipping because that makes them feel better, and other times they're like, no, I wasn't because they refuse to admit that they were doing something that is obviously an embarrassing thing for to happen to a major league pitcher. All that aside, wh- what? Who cares? The result is a result. The game is over. The Phillies have a two-one lead. <laughs> And I think what what was happening, right, is McCullers was not throwing the heater to lefties, yeah. right? And what that allows lefties to do against him is to basically eliminate half the plate, mm. right? Yeah. And his pitch mix, and you wrote about this, Jordan, mm. is so different than it used to be, but his curveball was not good tonight, right? And what that yeah. meant is that he was incredibly reliant on the slider, mm-hmm. which the was slider. also not good tonight. Yeah. Both yeah. of those pitchers were not good tonight. And when that's the case, he's he can't succeed. He's, right? in, Even, he's in bad shape. Correct. And so for me, what is what does tipping look like? Mm-hmm. Tipping looks like a guy throwing nasty shit that guys are somehow hitting. <laughs> Did Bryce look like he was geared up for that curveball that he hit out? A little bit, but it was also an awful curveball. <laughs> like it was a right. hanging pitch. It's an awful pitch. Right, you maybe right. can't throw Bryce Harper a worse pitch. Or, and so for me, that's yeah. not what tipping looks like. Yeah. Or like, you know, we're spoiling pitches like credit. I mean, this goes yeah. back to the Astro stuff, right? It's like that's what it looks like. They know what you know what's coming. You're able to react to game. These were just bad pitches that good hitters hit over the fence in again, it as a part of this collective unbelievable hot streak that we've all been watching now for right. three weeks, and we shouldn't be that surprised by. So that was the result. On the other side. Ranger was awesome. Um, and then because they had the huge lead, they didn't have to use, you know, Alvarado or Sir Anthony or Robertson, which was huge. Now, weird moment that I wanted to bring up. Sir Anthony did warm up late in the game for some late reason. Late in the game, yes. Alvarado also did earlier, and then he sat back. Correct. Mm-hmm. They both threw. Now, that's obviously less of a big deal than if they threw in the game. But they did both throw, and so it wasn't like a total off day for them. Just something to keep in mind. Sure. Speaking of relievers, mm-hmm. let's have a tough conversation about Dusty Baker. But first, Jordan, Mm -hmm. let's take a quick break. 
Hey everyone, this is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow, a SiriusXM podcast, inviting you to join me three, yes, three times a week for NFL analysis that goes beyond the low-hanging fruit. On Mondays, we react to the biggest stories of the NFL weekend. On Wednesdays, we pick one topic to really dig in on. And on Fridays, I'll give you all the fantasy football advice you need in just 15 minutes. We call it the Fantasy 15. Download new episodes of the NFL Roadshow right now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back here on Baseball Barbacast to discuss Dusty Baker, who people love, understandably, because he is a gem. He is a treasure. He's an incredible quote. He is, I believe, a very, very good manager. He is a baseball legend and lifer, and I can't wait to read the autobiography or biography that comes out one day. That being said, I think it's time to talk about the way he has managed the bullpen here this World Series. Before this World Series, Jordan, it wasn't a problem because the bullpen was essentially dusty proof or manager proof. He could press any button, bring in any random schmo, right? And they would come in and get outs because the Astros bullpen is that good. The only way that it could fail is if the manager in question, Dusty Baker, was hesitant to pull his starter when they got into trouble. And that, my friend, is what we saw tonight. Yeah. And, you know, I think people argued that the same thing happened in game one. Um, but this was a little bit more extreme. And this is where we keep feel like we keep bringing his name up. It just felt like the obvious Hunter Brown spot where you have a guy, a, a guy with a starter's pitch mix and a starter build up as a starter with crazy stuff that they've never seen before to come in. And look, I know it's a rookie. I know it's still a crazy feeling environment. But their response before it got out of hand when Lance was clearly, clearly losing it. Now, Dusty said after the game, they were asked, that was the first question, hey, what the hell, why did you stick with him? He said, well, he had just thrown two good innings after the homer, and then suddenly it was a bloop and another homer. Correct. Now, that is the thing, right? Those two good innings that Lance had in, I believe, the third and the fourth Mm -hmm. were the worst thing that could have happened in some ways, right? Because it kept him in, and at that point, the score was 4-0. to Mm -hmm. Now, we know that in the end, the Astros put up a goose, And it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But within the flow of the game, maybe it does. And you, it's just tough, man. Well, it's It's also like, I mean, I'm thinking farther ahead, whatever. Maybe they don't even make it to game seven. But it's like, (laughs) you're also just leaving Lance out to dry. Not even just like for the game, but it's like, (laughs) you're you're getting Lance, just leaving Lance out there to get crushed in a game that you feel like you could maybe come back and, and have a chance. But you have to give credit to the Phillies pitchers. I mean, Brogdon was good, and then, I mean, they were up by plenty at that point. But, you know, Gibson, Nelson, Bilotti, again, who who would have thought they'd be thrilled to be seeing those guys in the game? But but they were, and they and they got they got the job done. We were diplomatic the other day, Jordan, when we had Ryan Stanek on the show. Mm-hmm. He was diplomatic as well. He has not pitched a lot this postseason. Today was, I believe, his fourth outing of October. Okay? He has not thrown in too many high-leverage spots. I believe it's time to free Ryan. It is time that Ryan Stanek gets a bigger piece of the of the pie because he looks great. He, <laughs> he looks does. outstanding, he right? Does. And this is what's frustrating about the way that the Astros have pitched, right? Is like I think that especially today, an Astros bullpen game is probably like a better option than this, well, right? Almost certainly, and that's maybe how they should have seen McCullers here tonight mm-hmm. instead of it being a start. It's one or two times through the order, and then we're getting you the hell out of there. Yeah, because, you again, they have so much length. 
you know, Urquidy comes in and throws three scoreless and lowers his career World Series ERA to one, two, three. Congrats to him. <laughs> He's been, he, I mean, again, these are valuable mop-up innings. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree, Stannis look good. But, again, like you have guys like Hunter Brown in there who should be able to go multiple innings and bridge it to keep it close. And maybe you tack a couple on, cut it to two or three, and then you go to your normal guys like Neris, Montero, Presley, whatever. So that was a little disappointing. Again, was that really the difference? I don't know. But to your point, it does it does feel like it's worth mentioning and worth criticizing. I agree. Uh, Jake, do we have anything else to say on this game? I have a couple of quick thoughts on game four, and then we can wrap this thing up. Go ahead. Uh, so game four is going to be Christian Javier against Aaron Nola. Now, some wondered, oh, maybe you, you push Verlander, you bring Verlander back. No, they're going to go to Javier. And I am very, very excited to see this because the Phillies at home seem like a completely unstoppable force. And Christian Javier has looked tremendous all season, but especially this postseason. And obviously just in his one start, but he looked great. But what I am reminded of is what happened to Christian Javier almost exactly a year ago in Game 4 of the World Series. And how the World Series went last year when the Braves won Game 1 in Houston. They lost Game 2. They won a shutout in game three, albeit a much closer game. It was two to nothing. And then in game four, it was also a very low scoring, very close game. Granky came, Granky started, was very good. And then Christian Javier came out of the bullpen in game four and gave a back-to-back home runs. Swanson Oppo and then the famous Jorge Soler homer into the bullpen that Jordan almost caught. And I'm sure, now look, Javier's now been a starter all season and he's been tremendous. And I know it's a different team. But I think this is a great kind of roundabout redemption opportunity for Javier here uh, to be. And I said, I think I said this before the series when we were talking about, oh, you know, McCullers, Javier, three or four. I was like, Javier's better <laughs> than Lance. <laughs> like, he should go game three. You know, we don't have to discuss whether he should have gone get three or not, but it is a huge opportunity for him and for the Astros to even the series. And for Aaron Nola, who, you know, was not horrible, but certainly wasn't great uh, in, in game one, uh, also an opportunity at home. But also, you know, the Astros were already seeing him well, so very excited to see what kind of adjustments he makes. But very curious to see what what this looks and and if this does end up mirroring last year, where again, Braves ended up winning, they go up three one, and then what happens in Game Five, which maybe is no Syndergaard, the Astros put up a billion runs. So, <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm very excited about it. I'm sure you are too. But yeah, any any uh, any Game Four thoughts before we we wrap this up? I have a game five thought, which is oh. I don't think there's any chance Wheeler throws game five. Yeah. Even if they – I think this win today confirmed that, right? I agree. Because no matter what, for the Phillies right now, for the Phillies, the worst case scenario is they go back to Houston mm-hmm. with Wheeler in game six. Yeah. And so I think pushing him up to five to try and win it at home if they win tomorrow is not worth it. I agree. Because you need to give this guy as many days of rest mm-hmm. as possible. I even think there's an argument, and maybe this is bad juju. <laughs> you push him to seven. seven. Well, you just I, push him to seven. Like but, you just throw but, Kyle Gibson at six, and you just give him as much extra time as he can. But the rain out allows now Suarez to be game seven, right? So I understand. Yeah, it probably doesn't make sense. Yeah, it probably but, doesn't make sense. But, and then but Nola's I, available. With, seven. I, I think your yeah, first yeah. point was good, and then your second point was not so good. But hey, it's twelve forty-six a.m. So <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's how we do it here. It happens. All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut it here. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to Chris Tyler for producing this late night edition of Baseball Barbercast. You can email us at baseballbarbercast at gmail.com, and we will be back after Game Four. Will it be tied? Will the Phillies be one win away from the World Series? 
Tune in to find out. Talk to you then. Bye bye. Tune in to the show to find out. I Tune like to think that Zoom there are to find out. I like to think that there are people who only listen to the show and don't watch the games. Anyway, bye. Serious XM Podcasts.